Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, as we come to your word right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that each and every one of us would be aware of your presence in this place. Pray that we would be aware of your nearness, of your closeness. There is no distance between us. We are one spirit with you. That's what the word tells us. We're one spirit with you. We're not separated from you, Holy Spirit. We are your very temple in whom you live. We thank you for your presence here tonight. I thank you for your wonderful people. You love to be with us. You love our lives so much. So, Lord, tonight I pray. If we're here physically in this place, if we're watching online, I pray that we would know your wonderful presence in our lives, your nearness, your closeness, and your embrace, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You alleviate every burden, every heavy weight, every guilty feeling. You lift it off us. We thank you for your wonderful presence. We thank you for your provision. We thank you. We are living in wonderful days in spite of everything that we see, in spite of the news that we hear. Like Claire said, we do not fear bad news. No, we don't have to fear bad news because you are our Lord. We don't say that arrogantly, proudly. We just simply say that in reverence to you being our Lord and our Savior and our provider, our protector. To say anything else would be to deny your promise. To say anything else other than what you've spoken to us would be unbelief, Lord. And we want to be found with that company that believe, with that company that say yes and amen to the promises of God. Lord, thank you. That in these times of uncertainty, our confidence is unshaken because of your goodness, because of your faithfulness, because you are altogether beautiful and altogether wonderful. And we will not get distracted by these things. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Amen. Do you know, just before, um, while, while we were singing, just before I came up, I, my mind went back to a moment when I was walking home from Bible school when I was in South Africa. I was in my early 20s, so a long time ago. And uh, it was a hot, sunny day. And I'd probably been walking for about 40 minutes because where I was living was about an hour and a half walk from Bible school, and I used to do that walk every day. And on that walk, I would often just talk, you know, like you do to the Lord. And I remember one day asking the Holy Spirit a question. When you ask the Holy Spirit a question, He'll give you an answer. He really will. When you, when you ask Him from the bottom of your heart, and your heart is open, and you're searching, I said, Holy Spirit, how do I experience more of your presence? And as soon as that question came out of my mouth, I was surprised by how quickly the response came from him. 
How do I experience more of your presence? That was my question. And his answer came quickly and swiftly. He said, you can experience more of my presence, Dave, when you remove and silence the crowds in your heart. And when you silence the presence of other things. You see, very often we use the phrase that we're waiting on God. But actually, we're not really waiting on God. God's waiting on us. You see, the moment that you remove the crowds out of your heart and the distractions that vie for your attention, the moment that you remove the presence of other things, you'll find Him there waiting to fellowship with you, waiting to give you that needed embrace, waiting to take you up into his arms and alleviate all of those concerns and those fears that you might have. Those distractions, those crowds in our hearts and in our minds that vie for our attention, that demand that we, that we deal with them and sit down with them and commune with them. They're the things that we've got to put aside in order to find him, in order to fellowship with him. And tonight, I want to talk to you. The title of what I'm going to be speaking about is Positioned for Power. Positioned for Power. Do you know the Christian life is a powerful life? The most powerful life that you can live is in Christ. It really is. Now, very often, our experience of life... Our understanding of life and sometimes the position that we come into in life is one where we feel powerless. But actually, when you look at the Word of God, when you understand the Scriptures, and when we really verse ourselves in the Word of God, we truly do see that as a follower of Christ, as a believer, we are positioned to live in power. When Paul spoke to Timothy, he reminded him to stir up his gift and also to remember that God had not given him a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Listen to 2 Timothy what, uh, chapter 1 Verse 6 to verse 7, Paul said this to Timothy, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you or given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. One of the most one of the most important things for us to discover in this whole area of power in relation to our Christian life is found in the area of prayer. When you pray, powerful things happen. When you pray, you might feel powerless. You might feel cornered. You might feel in your mind's eye that nothing is being achieved. But when you look and understand from God's perspective, when you look and understand what the Bible says about prayer, you're not in a powerless position. You're in a very, very powerful 
position when you pray. Max Licardo, the well-known writer, author, said this, Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. You see, the power and the effectiveness of your prayer and my prayer is not down to stringing great sentences together so they sound impressive before God. Jesus actually spoke against the professionalism of the Pharisees wanting to get the attention of the audience as they prayed out loud, watching them perform their prayers. He spoke against that and he spoke for the men and the women who would go into their closet in Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 and hide themselves away, close their door and go to the secret place with God. And the God who is in secret and who sees in secret would reward them openly. That is, that is the power of prayer that the Bible promises, the Bible pictures for us who rely on him and use him in this way. No, our power is not out there for, to be seen in the public. Our, our power is a hidden power, a private power where we go into the closet, closing the door, hidden away, having a private conversation with God. In fact, I think it's in the book of Luke, Luke tells us that God actually knows the prayers that we're going to pray before we even pray them and grants them. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 tells us that. Prayer is powerful. Even when you feel powerless, even when you feel cornered by life, even when you feel that life, circumstance, and your past has got a stranglehold upon you. Prayer is powerful. It really is. Now tonight, I want to, I don't know how long I'm going to be this evening. But I won't be too long. But I want to stress this evening about the importance of praying in tongues. You know, recently the Holy Spirit reminded me of an occasion in my life where he showed me the power of speaking in tongues. And that's what we're going to, a few occasions actually, when he reminded me about the importance of speaking in tongues. And I remember, you know, having a prayer time one Saturday morning years ago. And you know, when you, when you get praying, you get passionate, don't you? You start, you know, you start like expending a lot of hot air. Well, I'm that kind of prayer. You know, I'm using all of these words and I'm expending all of this energy and I'm praying passionately. And whilst I was praying in mid-flow, the Holy Spirit asked me a question that brought my prayers to an abrupt halt. He said, he said this. Now imagine, picture it for a moment. 
You're praying passionately, speaking out the promises of God with great gusto, expending a lot of energy, and then the Holy Spirit asks you a question like this. Dave, when are you going to start praying? That was the question he asked me. Dave, when are you going to start praying? I said, well, Holy Spirit, I thought I have been praying. In fact, I've been praying for the last 30 minutes. He said, oh, no, Dave. He said, you haven't been praying for 30 minutes. You ain't even prayed for one second. No, you're not praying, Dave. I said, well, Holy Spirit, what do you mean? I'm not praying. Please help me. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit is, he said that he is the spirit of truth. He will lead you into truth. And that's what he was doing. He wasn't being rude, but he was just correcting me, realigning me to really get into prayer. I've been praying hot under the collar for 30 minutes. He comes in with the question, when are you going to start praying? And what is he doing? The spirit of truth is coming to bring correction, to bring direction, to really get me into a place of prayer because he knew my heart was good. I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help. What do you mean? When am I going to start praying? He said, well, he said, you've been ordering me about. You haven't been praying. You've been telling me how and when to answer and what to do and when to do it. Because you haven't been speaking from a spirit of faith. You've been speaking from a spirit of fear. And I don't respond. This is what he said. I don't respond to fear. I respond to faith. I don't want you to order me about, Dave. I don't want you to tell me what to do and when to do it. That They're all responses from this fear that's governing your life and governing your mind. You've got to stop it. I quickly came into line and said, well, Holy Spirit, I need your help. He said, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you. You've been in fear. You've been in unbelief. Now, let's get, if you want to pray, I'm going to help you. And suddenly I realized, I realized the power of what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 to a church that needed answers on how to pray. Paul, listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 28, about the Spirit's involvement in our prayers when we're weak. Verse 26 of Romans 8, likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Thank God for that. You see, it's important when we come to that place of prayer that we acknowledge that we are weak. It's important that there's trust and dependency of faith whereby we realize that we don't have all the answers. That's a good place to be, a place of weakness is the point of power very often for a believer. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. 
But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Amazing three verses. Three verses leading us through various stages to the culmination where everything works together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. But it doesn't it doesn't start there. It starts with us being in weakness. It starts with us not knowing what we ought to pray. But then acknowledging the fact that we don't know what we ought to pray. The Spirit comes to our aid at that weak moment, at that vulnerable place. And he says, I'll take this on from here. You don't know what you ought to pray. One of the greatest things that you can do is openly acknowledge before God, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what to pray. You see, my problem was on that Saturday morning was this. I thought I knew what I had to say to God. Ignorance. The greatest form of ignorance is not, not knowing. It's in thinking that you know what you need to do. Sometimes. Not all the time, but certainly in the case that I'm talking about. No, that acknowledgement of weakness, that acknowledgement of vulnerability, the Holy Spirit comes swiftly. He said, I'll take it on from here. And he begins, the Bible says, from within you. And you might know this and you might not know it. He begins to groan within you and he begins to communicate in a way that we can't understand anyway or comprehend. And then in Verse 27. Now, this is talking about Jesus here. Verse 27 is not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about Jesus. Because it says, Jesus, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. This is Jesus. Jesus then gets the attention from the Holy Spirit. He picks up on that groan. He picks up on that sigh, on that urgency that the Holy Spirit expresses. And he takes all hold of that. And he who knows the mind of the Spirit begins to intercede on our behalf according to the will of God. This is the wonder of prayer. This is the power of it. This is the mystery of it. This is the aid that you get when you feel weak, when you feel vulnerable. This is the attention of heaven focused on you. That's how important you are. That's how wonderful you are before God. That's the priority that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit places on you, on what you say. It matters not whether you're young or old. It matters not whether you've been in the kingdom of God for one hour or 80 years. All get the same attention. All get the same assurance of promise and assistance. We pray in weakness. The Spirit picks up and helps us. Jesus comes 
and understands the mind of the Spirit and begins to intercede before the Father according to the will of God for our lives and suddenly all things are working together for our good to those who are called according to his purpose. Very often we separate Romans 8.28 from the other parts of, the, of, 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 of this, these verses. But they're together, they're combined. How is it possible that things can work together for good? When we don't even know how we ought to pray. Because the Holy Spirit takes us up in our weak place. Groans with utter, utterings that can't be understood. And Jesus takes them up and intercedes according to the will of the Father. And everything works out to a good end. Amen. Our position of power is not through self-assertion. Our position of power is through Holy Ghost dependence and Holy Ghost assistance and Holy Spirit help. It really is. On another occasion, I've had lots of practice in this, made lots of mistakes. That's why I got a couple of stories. On another occasion, I can remember battling with fear. Has anybody battled with fear? Anybody? You can put your hand up. Oh, great. We got a couple. You know what I'm talking about. Ooh. Oh, it's awful. It is awful. It's no laughing matter. But, um, do you know, battling with fear, man. And I, I had numerous times. And the thing is, is the good thing, when you, when you come out at the other end, right, you can help encourage other people like they can help encourage you. And I remember battling with this, this fear. It was a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But somehow I'd embraced this fear, and this fear began to grow. This fear began to flourish. This fear began to separate me from the promises that God had given me. And you begin to think differently. You begin to speak differently. Your whole attitude begins to be governed by the, this fear. And I felt completely powerless. I felt like a prisoner. And I remember going, it's, it's wild how you remember things. I remember going up the, into the entrance of Asda in Cumbran. And man, this thing was like a pressure cooker. It's like busting your head. And uh, I was crying. Just saying, oh God, Holy Spirit, please, 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 please. I'm afraid. I'm fearful. All of these irrational thoughts coming into my mind. Pray and pray. Please, please. Do you know what the Holy Spirit, he just spoke directly to me and firmly. He said, the only reason why you're full of fear is because you're ignorant. Now, I, I wanted a bit of sympathy. I wanted, what I wanted was, oh, do you, it's going to get better. It's going to be all right. Do you know what? He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. He's got great things for your life, and sometimes he'll give you a good shake. Sometimes that truth will cut in and cut deep and correct you. I've had lots of correction. I've needed lots of correction. But you know, 
it's a, it's a great thing to be corrected by God. It really is. It shall, God disciplines those that he loves. So anyway, he said the reason why you're full of fear is because you are ignorant. I said, Holy Spirit, you're right. I am ignorant. He said, fear thrives in ignorance. But the moment you come into a place of faith, the moment where you begin to hold again the promises of God in your heart, fear cannot thrive because ignorance has been removed. I said, okay, I'm ignorant. What do I need? This is what he said. Up out of my spirit. I heard it. He said, you need edification. Edification. Okay, how long does it take to get edified? And then he reminded me of a word that the Apostle Paul gave to the church at Corinth. He said this, he who prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 4. Let me read it to you. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He said, Dave, he said, you need edification. Edification, revelation of my word. I started to pray in tongues, right? Just there in the car. I didn't know what I was saying, but suddenly that spirit of fear had to go. That ignorance had to leave. And the word of God was again fresh in my heart and I was through on beyond that hurdle and that battle and that wall that was holding me back, edified. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks a lot in that chapter about speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2, he says this, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God for no one understands him however in the spirit he speaks mysteries very often we don't pray in tongues because we don't understand it we want understanding I really believe that the Holy Spirit is placing emphasis again on speaking, on speaking in other tongues. You've got to switch your understanding off when you speak in tongues. And your soul will not like it. Your understanding will want a part to play in the prayer that you make. But don't bow to that. Don't bow to that understanding. Don't bow down to the dictates and the direction of your soul. Pray in tongues. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to pray in English. Not at all. But I really do believe that the Holy Spirit in this time, in this season, He wants us to grow in this area of praying in tongues. Praying with the understanding, yes, but don't ever just be limited and governed by your understanding. Be ready to pray in tongues. When you pray in English, you have control of your prayer. And it's greatly limited because it's never going to be any bigger than your frail comprehension of things. But when you pray in tongues, 
The Holy Spirit has control. Your prayer now is no longer limited by your limited capacity to understand. Now your prayer is governed by the Spirit who will pray mysteries through you as you allow Him to speak through your voice. No longer are you limited by your understanding. Your understanding is switched off. No longer is your understanding having control and governing matters in relation to prayer. Now, when you pray in tongues, because the Spirit is speaking through you, you're, you're praying mysteries unto God. Paul actually says this, when we pray in the Spirit, our understanding, listen, he just comes out with it. Our understanding is unfruitful. That's what he says. Because it has no part in the, in the prayer that you're praying before God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Verse 14 says this, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Okay? You see, very often when we pray, we very often just pray in English because our understanding wants to be at the forefront of things. Our understanding and our reason and our logic wants to be the predominant factor in coming before God. But when you pray in tongues, you pray mysteries before God. Have you ever wondered why the Bible doesn't really explain about praying in tongues? Have you ever wondered why? It's because it's unexplainable. That's why. You can't explain it. You can't explain it. You've just got to do it by faith. You've just got to step out and begin to pray in tongues. And as you pray in tongues, your understanding will rise up. You, you, go, you go and do it this week. Start praying in tongues in your, in your private time with God. And you watch. Your understanding will rise up. Well, maybe you're praying about this. Maybe you're praying about that. Or maybe you should stop now and start praying in English. No, carry on praying in mysteries to God. Carry on praying in tongues. Because not only, and you'll see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, not only are you edifying yourself, and that in itself is a miracle, because how can you be edified when you speak in an unknown language that you have no idea about, that you can't comprehend? But you've got to go with this. You've got to believe it. You've got to apply it by faith and actually believe the Word of God and say, do you know what? When I pray, I'm actually becoming edified within myself. When you pray in tongues, you pray forth mysteries unto God. You really do. I remember hearing a testimony of... Um, one of, my, one of our youth leaders, actually, not from this church, from a church that me and Dave used to go to in, in Merthyr. So it was a really long time ago, Dave, wasn't it? 
<laughs> by a guy called Ian Jones. Great guy, and he pastors a church now in Leicester. Really great guy. And he, he shared this testimony about praying in tongues. He said he was in a meeting in Cardiff, meeting just like this. And um, they had a time of worship, and then suddenly the Holy Spirit just moved across the gathering. People started praying in tongues. And he started praying in tongues, praying in his great Welsh accent. From Merthyr Tidville, praying out loud in tongues, and just it was just flowing out of him. And then after the service had ended, a professor of languages came up to him. And said, sir, it was wonderful to hear you speak this morning. Praises to God in that Hebrew dialect that you used. He said, oh, really? He said, yeah, he said, it was incredible. The way that you spoke fluent Hebrew, it's, it's amazing. Where did you learn? I said, I'm a professor in languages. Where did you hear, where did you learn to speak so fluently in Hebrew. He said, he said, uh, he said, but, but he said, he said, I can't speak in Hebrew. I'm from Merthyr. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. It's wonderful. I can't speak, I can't speak in Hebrew. I'm from Merthyr Tidville. <laughs> See, what was happening, God was taking hold of that, that man, his spirit, was being abundant, his mind, yes, and understanding was unproductive, but God was being glorified through his mouth to the point that that professor was completely astounded by his fluency. Now, we're not always going to speak in necessarily languages that would be known in our world. Sometimes we will, other times we won't. We won't. On another occasion, another friend of, of ours, a guy, young guy by the name of Matthew Lewis, he went backpacking to America. And um, he, had to, he, he, was in, he was in this hostel. He was backpacking around America, just staying in various hostels. And he came to this one hostel and he had to travel across, I think it was, it was uh, Manhattan, to, to the bus station there, and he thought, oh, do you know what? I'm a bit unsure where I've got to go. I think I'll just have a quick, quick pray, right? Nothing long. I think I'll just have a quick pray, kneel down by the bed, nobody here, and I'll just, I'll just commit my time to the Lord about where I've got to go. So, gets down on his knees by his bedside, starts to pray in tongues, only for five minutes, starts to speak in tongues, pray in tongues, gets up from his bedside, takes hold of his bags, ready to go out the door, and then the attendant, a lady, comes up to him who was in charge of the hostel that he was staying at. And she said, um, excuse me, son, she said, I didn't realize that you could speak Mexican. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? See, anything can happen when God's involved. Anything. And I do believe we're in days like this. I do believe that these things, you know, God's not going to put on a show like the world puts on a show. No, he moves amongst his body. He moves amongst his people to do signs and wonders and miraculous things in his way and according to his plan.
I didn't realize you could speak Mexican. He said, I can't. And he was from Merthyr Tidville as well, Dallas. <laughs> Dallas of all places. He said, I can't, I can't speak Mexican. I'm from Merthyr Tidville. In, I'm from Dallas in Merthyr Tidville. She said, son, she said, you were speaking in Mexican in an, not, not, she said, many of the youth of today speak, use a Mexican dialect that they're familiar with, but you were using an older Mexican dialect that not many use now, but my generation knows. She said, he said, well, what was I saying? She said, well, she interpreted it. She said, you were, you were saying in this Mexican dialect, Lord Jesus, you are my refuge and my strength, my strong tower in whom I will trust. Quoting all of these scriptures, right? And then, and then she said, you said, I'm going to leave this hostel now and I've got to walk across the other side of the city to catch this bus. Lord, you know my way. It's already sorted. It's already provided for. You're my protector. You're with me. I'm never alone. And, and she started to almost preach what he had prophesied in tongues as he simply got on his knees and prayed. You are positioned for great power when you pray. Very often, the holy, the, very often the enemy, the enemy will try to deceive us and say that there's no power in the prayer that comes from your mouth. There's no power in the prayer. You don't have the access that others have. No, you have great access when you pray in tongues. You have great power when you pray in the Spirit, in English and also in other tongues. Paul, and I'll bring this to a close. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 14, talks about actually building yourself up. When you pray in tongues, not only do you edify yourself, when you pray in tongues, you need to, you, you do actually build yourself up. Do you know, we need to, we need to build ourselves up. When the news comes, tries to break us down, tries to erode our confidence, tries to, to hinder us moving forward in faith. That's when we need to build ourselves up. Praying in tongues is one of the ways in which you can build yourself up. Not only do you edify yourself, but you can build yourself up in God. Jude, in chapter 1, verse 20, in his letter, talks about this building up that we experience, this building up of faith that we experience when we pray in tongues. Jude 1 verse 20 says this, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We're in days, living in days where we need edification. We need edification leading to revelation of God's Word. Revelation doesn't just come by reading. Revelation comes by hearing, by receiving, by that empowerment, that encounter with the Holy Spirit. And you today may be, tonight, may be at a week 
vulnerable moment. The Holy Spirit knows it's okay. The Holy Spirit knows it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You, you may be wondering about your future. You may, have, you, you, you may feel cornered because of things that are stacked up against you. Absolutely fine. Because the picture in Romans 8 is not of a strong person coming out saying, I'm ready to do this. I got enough spiritual muscle to take on. What's ahead? No, the, the, the picture in Romans 8 is of a believer humbly acknowledging that they don't know what to pray, weak and frail and vulnerable, but positioned for power because they know the Holy Spirit is going to come and help them and groan within them before the very throne of God and it's going to get the attention and the audience and the answer from Jesus who then is going to take it and intercede with it according to the will of God and I guarantee you it'll work out fine it'll work out fine why because you do it God's way it's not about self-assertion it's about Holy Ghost dependence interaction and his involvement amen amen so through this time right through this time Begin to pray in other tongues. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't pray in tongues and you don't know what it's about, well, I can't tell you much about it because none of us know much about it. It's mysterious. It's unexplainable. But it's a glorious power that God gives us as he fills us by his Holy Spirit. If you've never prayed in other tongues, but you want to, right now, we're going to close our eyes, and I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you, and you're going to speak in other tongues. We're just going to trust him. You're, there's a desire in your heart. You want this. You want to pray in tongues. It's for you. It's been given for you. The Holy Spirit has been sent for you. You want this. You believe. He's not going to withhold it from you. He's going to give you it. So right now, you close your eyes. And as I pray, the Holy Spirit is going to enable you to pray in other tongues and just speak it out you don't have to speak it out loud you can speak it quietly quietly within yourself that's the wonderful thing about it speak it quietly within yourself and he will give you the utterance Holy Spirit right now I ask you you are the baptizer you are the one that fills our lives with yourself. Without you, we are very empty. Without you, we're just a cold shell. Without you. But you do not want any area of our life to be lacking or empty. So I ask you to fill your people right now 
In Jesus' name, they are your people. They are your vessels chosen by you. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill them with your presence. Fill them with your power and your person. And grant them this utterance, this ability to speak in other tongues. Now, in Jesus' name, I ask it for your glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And for those of us, Lord, who know your spirit, who know the joy of this language, I pray, Holy Spirit, that in these days it would bubble up and overflow from our hearts and that we would discover this new, fresh, exciting language that you've given to each and every one of us, that we would be edified by it, that we would build ourselves up by it. And that we would proclaim those mysteries and prayers through it. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Don't forget, this week and, and on from this week, pray in tongues. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. I'm going to ask Haley. We're going to sing one last song before we go. 